All right, let's talk about longevity for a second. Did you know that 75 to 100% of brain autopsies from Alzheimer's brain banks were found to have Lyme disease? Meaning 75 to 100% of people who died from Alzheimer's, a neurodegenerative disease, when their brains were autopsied, they found the bacteria that is responsible for Lyme disease, known as Borrelia burgdorferi. And these findings are consistent across multiple brain banks and were even confirmed in a recent Harvard review. This makes a very strong case that Alzheimer's, dementia, perhaps to some degree Parkinson's, although there's a stronger pesticide connection there, and cognitive decline may be connected to the bacteria that causes Lyme disease and that bacteria more specifically getting into the brain. There's a lot of talk in the health and biohacking space about longevity. And so-and-so thinks they're going to live to 180, yet somehow looks old for their age. I'm not trying to be a dick here. I'm just stating the obvious. And other people are suggesting molecules like NAD or NMN or practicing fasting to activate longevity pathways. There's even physicians that are talking about using drugs like rapamycin that are known to inhibit and suppress the immune system and how those are being used for longevity by dampening a growth pathway known as mTOR, which seems a little bit counterintuitive, how suppressing the immune system could actually make you live longer. I don't know. We'll see on that one. And this is great and all, but I think we need to kind of address the elephant in the room here. And that is that 80% of us, which means four out of every five people are going to die from just one of three things, cancer, heart disease, or neurodegenerative disease, like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia. That means if you don't know what actually causes cancer, heart disease, neurodegenerative disease, how to test for it because your doctor doesn't, and how to get rid of them and bring the body back into balance, then the odds are you're going to be in that 80% of people dying from one of those three things. And in that case, the only thing we're really biohacking with all these longevity supplements and practices, it's our imagination. I'm not trying to be a dick here. I'm just, I feel like we need to have this conversation and get it out in the open. So this is why I've created our Apex Longevity Code coaching program, where we test you for over 50 different types of cancer. We test you for Lyme disease, parasites, yeast and fungal infections that have been connected to Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia, cognitive decline, even brain fog and chronic fatigue. And we utilize gold standard labs to assess your cardiovascular and cerebrovascular risk factors, all in one fell swoop, giving you the peace of mind that comes with knowing exactly what's going on in your body and that you are minimizing your risk of the things that kill 80% of people. Again, cancer, heart disease, and neurodegenerative disease. I'll then customize you a program to give you complete control of your longevity and empower you to stay healthy for life. But we don't stop there. But wait, there's more. We'll also measure your biological age. That's different from your chronological age. Your biological age is how old you are at the cellular level and your rate of aging. And then tailor your biohacked game plan so you not only look and feel younger, but you are actually younger biologically at the cellular level by using leading edge tools and practices personalized and customized for you. This is for men over 30 who have more money than time, who want to increase both their lifespan 
and their health span and take control of their body, mind, future, and health. It's especially powerful if you want more energy, a better body, a sharper mind, deeper, more restful sleep, heightened libido, to look years younger, and to feel like you're truly firing on all cylinders. I'm only offering this to a few men who see the value in getting this handled and are in a position to start right away. To be clear, I don't practice medicine. More specifically, I don't examine, diagnose, treat, offer to treat, cure, or attempt to cure any physical or mental disease or disorder. I don't recommend or prescribe any medications or pharmaceutical drugs or recommend any changes in dosages of legally prescribed medications or drugs. The Western medical system has that stuff covered, and it would be illegal for anyone to engage in those practices without a medical license. I use science-based labs to gather data and to quantify your health and risk of all-cause mortality, then provide you with a personalized game plan to live better, longer. All of this so that you're in a better position than the vast majority of people who statistics show will end up dying from either cancer, heart disease, or neurodegenerative disease. So if you're interested in seeing if you're a fit for the Longevity Code coaching program, text your full name and the reason you'd like to be a part of it to 847-989-3743. You can also go to biohackercoaching.com and book a time to talk with myself or someone from my team. That number again is 847-989-3743. And the website is biohackercoaching.com. Thanks for your time. Dr. Greg Jones, welcome to the Biohacking Secret Show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. Anytime there can be some biohacking, some secrets, I'm here for it all, man. I'm here for it all. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm pumped, man. I came across some of your work, and uh, I really love some of the things that you're doing for helping people to like unlock their brain power, uh, the, you know, balancing their hormones and, and the work that you've been doing as it relates to hormones and the brain connection. And um, yeah, I thought it would be fun to have you on and have a little chat about everything. But I guess kind of yeah. before we get into the nitty gritty, maybe you can tell us a little bit about your backstory and like, you know, what got you here? Okay, good, man. You know, this, the easy thing to talk about is yourself, right? So I honestly do like, I always tell people, man, like if you, if you would have talked to me 10, 15 years ago, this was not supposed to be here, right? I never thought about going to med school. I never thought about being a doctor. I never thought about, hell, I didn't know what peptide was. Us, you know, and I didn't know hormones were a thing that I knew there were hormones, right? It was like, okay, but you know, like most people, you don't think about it, right? You live your life and you know, it's kind of, a, it's like this, you're born, you get older, you, you get old, you start doing old people things, you pass away, the young people take over, right? So there was no trying to increase wellness and longevity as I came up, right? So my actual background is in engineering, right? And so I was in the Navy for 20 years. I did nuclear engineering, did submarines, aircraft carriers and all that cool stuff. And then I got out and I went to work at Honeywell. I worked in aerospace engineering for a couple of years, but I always felt like, man, this is cool, but this isn't, this isn't it for me. Like this is not, and I'm not knocking this great job, man. I traveled, met some really amazing people, but I also knew that it wasn't, I, I wasn't fulfilled. Right. I knew I wasn't walking in my purpose. And so the actual original plan was to go to pharmacy school. Right. This goes back to, I didn't know shit about, Oh, can I say words like that? 
That's just too late now. You want. Thank you, man. And so I didn't Everyone's know shit listening about with their kids in the car. I was like, oh my god, that doctor. Yeah, we, we let it. We let it rip here. We let it rip. Yeah, cancel it, and it's curse words. And so I just really, you know, I thought it was pharmacy, man, because my my mother passed away of cancer, and I thought like I always felt Sorry. like they're just thank you, man. They, it's like they just there's got to be something she can take, right? Because I grew up in the Western medical system where it's like you have a problem, here's a drug, you get better, or you don't, and you don't get better, here's another drug, right? And I always felt like. We're missing something here. And so I thought about, hey, here's the difference I can make and get into pharmaceuticals, man. But it just, man, one thing led to another. And I found this path of naturopathic medicine. I was like, well, this is it. This is what I want. Because I want to know traditional medicine. I want to know these things. But also, I want to know, is there something better, right? Because our bodies are, we're de- you know, we're designed to heal. If not, the first time you cut yourself, you're out of here, right? So we can heal. It's just how do we unlock that? And so... You know, it's a very, the longer convoluted story it gets, man. But long story short, I found this path of longevity medicine, right? And cellular medicine, where it's like, how can we get our bodies to age better? And not when it's too late, right? Because once you're there, it's harder, right? But how can we prevent it? How can we catch it early, man? And I just found this path and I've just leaned all the way into it, man. Yeah, very cool. Um, I I totally agree. It's like, and a lot of our listeners are, are on the same boat where, we want to stay ahead of these things, you know, especially the the cancer, the heart disease, the neurodegenerative disease, because as as those progress, it's much harder to unwind. Mm-hmm. But as we get better and better about using the right precision diagnostics and identifying, you know, these disease states years or decades in advance, or some of the the, the conditions that can lead to these disease states that, you know, that we might consider or call a root cause, you know, then um, we have the possibility to really stay in a vibrant state of health much longer than, um, you know, than, than where people are today. And I think the trends are actually decreasing, you know, where we're seeing more and more people living either like around the same amount of time, maybe a little longer, but their quality of life is much less, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think we want to stay mobile and, and vibrant with our brains working and, and, um, you know, to, to really get the most out of our life experience here. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about like your process with clients and we're going to get into like peptides and brain power in just mm-hmm. a minute, because I think that's, that's one of the pillars of a high quality of life is, is, and, and I'm, I'm going to be honest here. I took my favorite cousin. I, I might need a little bit of extra brain power today. Um, <laughs> I took my favorite cousin. She's like two years older than me. She turned me on to Little Wayne in like the early 2000s, right? Oh, oh and, man! Uh, and so for her birthday, yesterday was her birthday, and uh, I thought it would be a fun surprise to take her to uh, Little Wayne was in Chicago, so I took her to a Little oh, Wayne man. concert, and we got after it a little bit. So if I'm if if my brain power seems like it's struggling a little bit today, uh, you guys are, are are making an accurate assessment. It's because it's because we were partying at the Little Wayne concert last and night. Look, but you hey, know, you gotta show up. <laughs> the funniest part about <laughs> that is on. that when you said that she puts you on Little Wayne yeah. in the early two thousands, I thought you were saying that that she just puts you on to Little Wayne twenty three years later. And I was like, oh my god, this guy been living in a, a tunnel, <laughs> a cave somewhere. That yeah, he was like. Yeah. The, biggest thing in hip-hop for like seven or eight years that's awesome I, dude i i, I was I, I was recently de-thawed from a block of ice 
<laughs> it's like what's this little like, way who are these who are these hot boys you speak yeah. of in this cash money records yeah, sweet cash, well, my, my records money. are in checks sir my, my records are in <laughs> checks and credit cards not cash money exactly, exactly. So yeah yeah fun. man so and honestly what, what is in along those lines man i i'm i always like sometimes i take take stock of things man because i'm i'm getting older dude I'll, i'm 48 i'll be 49 later this year and 50 next year and Oh God, man! You know, I'm. I thought about did they put you out to pasture at fifty, and here we are, man. I'm, I feel like I'm doing great. So I always think about that, like, man, you know, when I was growing up, it was like you want to find something, you go get that big ass yellow phone book, and you look through it, and you call, and you hope that that business is still open, right? And you're just very much just trying to figure things out based on the resources and the technology that's available to you, right? And you think about our phones now, right? And I always translate that to health, man. It's like, dude, like. You look at the literature, dude, they weren't talking about peptide therapy 40 years ago, you know, barely talking about hormone replacement. They weren't talking about longevity and living longer and decreasing inflammation. And it was like, what do you do? You just get older. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we are just, man, dude, we're, we're in a, I don't know what to say, man. Like it, the, the, the gratitude I have to be in this era of medicine and be alive at this time, dude, is like, I'm so appreciative of that because it's a, it's a golden age for sure. Dude, you had nothing. You had nothing. You know, there's, you know, there were naturopathic doctors out there, there's some herbs and, you know, and, some, and all that good stuff and natural treatments and all that, but not like it is now where you can literally reverse things, right. Or slow things down or decrease the slow the progression of things. Right. So I just want to say, man, it's uh, when you said the early Wayne 2000 thing, I was like, oh my God, even 23 years ago, dude, it's like, you know, we weren't doing all this cool stuff, man. Everything's at our fingertips now. And it is. Mm -hmm. Now process wise, like I look at it from a perspective of a couple ways to look at it, man. Number one is that. When it comes to, you know, say you come to me for the first time, it's like, okay, what's wrong with you, right? And most people, I'm tired. Yeah, tired. feel like shit. You know, I'm an older, right? And so now we need to break that down into, I call it the internal, this is the very start, right? The internal environment, the external environment, right? The external environment. These are things that you have control over, right? Like, so it's like, all right, feel like shit. What are you eating? You know, talk to me about what you eat during the day, right? Are you drinking enough water? How's your sleep? Is it good sleep? Are you dreaming, right? How long does it take you to fall asleep? Is, is the phone in the room, right? Are you stressed out, right? What's causing that stress, right? Um, are you working out? Are you lifting weights, right? Are you recovering, right? Are you, so basically all, all these things, right? It's the things that you have a lot of control over, right? For the most part, because that's where it starts, right? This is how you feel. And a lot of things you can figure out, it's like, oh man, I, Fit man, I I'm tired because I'm sleeping four hours a night. When I sleep four hours a night, oh well, I'll go to bed till one o'clock because I'm watching TV or doing everything like this, right? And so now we take that information for that external environment, and now we take that into the internal, right? Because you start there because a lot of this stuff affects what's inside, right? So if you're eating a high inflammatory, shitty standard American diet, you're probably gonna have some inflammation markers, right? You know, if you're not sleeping, you're probably gonna have crappy cortisol, right? You know, or if it's like, all right, well, I got high blood pressure, you know, okay, this could be a little bit both. Now my testosterone is low, or, or I got sleep apnea, and now my testosterone is low, and all these good things, right? And so now you can take that information and run a very thorough panel and basically be able to merge the two and say, aha, this is why. And this is on the macro level, right? This isn't even getting down to the things, you know, cellular mitochondria, because we can't necessarily test that in the beginning. But this is like, hey, this is the obvious stuff, right? Like, I'm tired. Oh, your vitamin D is a 15.6. Oh, oh, shit. That's a big part of it, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I've got brain fog, man. I, I can't think, can't concentrate. Well, you see, your free T3 is a 1.7. I might have a lot to do with it, right? Mm -hmm. Because now you start that. That's how you build in my practice. That's how you start the foundation, right? What's the big picture? 
for your lab show, let's establish the foundation, right? Because before we even get to, and a lot of the, you know, a lot of the peptide stuff and all these really cool things, man, it's like, shit, we need to get your, your baseline, you get your foundation set, right? Because if not, spinning your wheels, right? So that's how, that's the start of our process. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And like, I've, I've sort of realized that, or at least the conclusion that I've drawn is that some of the easiest wins for clients can be obtained by addressing like the big three deficiencies, like their hormonal deficiencies, their neurotransmitter deficiencies, and their nutrient deficiencies. And like, if you can get a rough idea, I mean, hormonal deficiencies, easy to measure with a robust blood panel that includes all the hormones, right? The neurotransmitters a little bit, a, a little bit, um, there's just more nuance to it. You need like brain function mm -hmm. questionnaires and, and and there's a little bit of a subjective component, but um, generally you can get an idea if someone is, is deficient in more like excitatory neurotransmitters like the dopamine and norepinephrine, or if they're, um, if they're deficient in more of like the inhibitory neurotransmitters like GABA or, you know, the, if they have depressive tendencies, maybe it's serotonin, whatever. And then nutrients, you can get a quick proxy from a lot of different tests, but you've got the Genova, Nutraval, and a hair tissue mm -hmm. mineral analysis, and it gives you a, a little bit of an idea. Um, and, and it's like, you just start fixing those things and people feel a lot better. And then it gives you time to really go into the longer term stuff um, and perhaps even make some of the behavior modifications that that you know will get some some big positive shifts for them. But like, if you told them right away, like, hey, you got to unplug your Wi-Fi at night and like stop being on your phone all the time, you're addicted to that shit and it's screwing up your circadian biology. If you just start with that, you know, they might be like, I'm going to get a second opinion and never come back to you. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> you like, know? you got you can't, you to ease them into that, man. You can't just start, you know, it's like, ah, throw away everything in your fridge and start <laughs> eating like this, you know, because a lot of people- Take whatever are, you're eating and uh, just stop. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. So, you get an idea of their external environment and and the behaviors and things that they're doing and then what's going on particularly with their hormones and how that relates to the symptoms that are bothering them right yeah yeah because i think hormones are a great place to start you yeah. know because and especially if you get once you're over 35 or 40 man it's so you know they decline Mm -hmm. 90, you know, I don't have a number, it's just random Dr. Jones, 90% of the people hormones are decreasing after you, you get that rare guy who's in his 50s and 60s with a 900 testosterone, like, oh, you mutant, yeah. you freak of nature, like, what is wrong with you? What planet are you from? You're not one of us, right? I'm working and, with a dude who's who's 71. Uh, and uh, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 61. But mm -hmm. his testosterone is like 790. He just had a stroke, right? too. He doesn't, he doesn't oh, have the use of his left arm and le left leg. And uh, yeah. it's it's funny, like his he's a little bit hard to understand because of the stroke, um, yeah. but we've become pretty close. And he was telling me about what his life was like before he had this stroke and lost the use of his arm and his leg. And so we did his blood. And I'm like, I'm like, bro, your testosterone is like 790. And he goes, yeah. he goes, I told you I was a fucking animal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just started dying laughing. Uh, no, this is the Clint Eastwood testosterone having people, right? Yeah, so. right. No, you know, and you start there. But the thing about it is that I think that it's make sure that hormone panel is thorough, right? Like I said, a very thorough and detailed panel, right? Because it's not just 
you know, for guys, not just let me run your total testosterone or your estrogen. All right, peace out. Right. We're talking the whole everything, man. Like, you know, you want your total testosterone, your free, your estradiol, your estrone, your DHEA sulfate, your pregnenolone, your problem. Look at your prolactin, too. I can find a lot of information for that, man. So, you know, we want to look at all that cortisol, et cetera, et cetera, because if not, you know, you're not really building that complete plan. And how do you know? Because, again, like you push, it's like push and pull, right? I push on one thing. What am I pulling away from? Right. Mm -hmm. And you want to be able to have the same picture. And again, with some people, man, like even estrogen. Right. I think one of the things that we you think about that is that most most labs, if you get lucky, they run a 17 beta estradiol, you know, your, you know, direct estrogen. OK, here you go. Right. Cool. Got that. Right. But what about your estrone? Right. Because you can have a really good estradiol and a you know, very optimal range when your estrone through the roof. Right. Because you're not taking into account like, oh, well, shit, man, I'm super constipated or I've got. You know, I'm drinking coffee out of a Keurig and I, you know, I'm living a plastic life and now you got all these xenoestrogens and just basically thrown off your hormone balance, right? You know, and so you want to be able to look at that whole picture because that's such a foundational thing, man, because I'm sure we'll talk about, hopefully we'll get there, man. But some of these peptide therapies, like, you know, uh, like say the the, the big thing, the semaglutide deters appetite, right? You get these guys and girls like, oh, I want this, I got this guy. And they're like, okay, well, losing weight. But then it's like, you don't address those factors. You don't address your hormones. You don't address your, address your inflammation, et cetera, et cetera. Now, when you stop taking this, that weight coming back and it's coming back with a vengeance because mm. you didn't fix the root cause of a lot of this stuff, right? In many cases, right? And so yeah. I always tell people, man, like, yeah, you want to start your hormones and you want to optimize those because sometimes I have some cases, man, like, like, dude, we ain't touching some of these peptides. So your hormones get better. You know, you got a 175 testosterone, bro. Hey, you want some CJC? I bought some TRT, you know, and then we just kind of, you build it off from that. So I hope that can, you know, people can understand that. That makes sense for sure. So yeah. to, I want to kind of round out a couple of things on hormones before we move on to peptides, because you said a mm -hmm. lot of stuff that's, that's, that was interesting. Um, I mean, what, what's the connection that you've seen between constipation and, and hormone levels? right? Like a lot of people know that they're supposed to have two or three bowel movements a day, but like most people consider if they, if they poop once a day, they're like, yeah, I'm regular. I'm good. They don't realize that, that they're probably dealing with large amounts of, of putrefying impacted fecal matter that even if it's just spending an extra day or two in there, that's a source of toxicity coming from inside your body. Can you talk a little bit on, on constipation and how that affects our hormones? Yeah. You know, I, I think that couple of things. One, I think it really, if I had to put like the primary hormone to look out for that in the constipated case is estrogen mm -hmm. and estrone, because basically, you know, I don't know how detailed the listeners get on liver metabolism and, you know, phase one, phase two, phase three, but they essentially kinda, some of them nerd out for sure. Oh yeah, man. Probably more than <laughs> me. Right. I'm like, I was like, I was in school, like, like the kind of rotation. I was I like, Oh my God. Like, get me it's out. Right. Of let, it, let it rip. They'll just they, let, right. me out. let me out. On something, let us know. Yeah. Yeah, no. And so basically that last phase of liver uh, metabolism of hormones is in is getting it out of the body, right? This is mm -hmm. in your stool, right? And so a lot of times we'll see people who are constipated. It can be a potential source. A lot of our female patients too could be a source of estrogen dominance, right? Because now you are not excreting this estrogen. And then it sounds like a, it's like, wait, what? They're like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, like that. It's coming out of your stool and back into circulation. These are cells, right? It's not like a you know, it's like you don't, you're not going to have shit covered estrogen thrown through your body here. We're talking from a cellular level, right? Mm -hmm. And so the other thing to think about too, and this is like, I see these in some cases, man, where I have guys and it's like, all right, your estrogen, your estradiol is good. Your estrone is high. We've done the things. We did the dim. We did the liver supplementation, right? Mm -hmm. You're eating good, right? And it's just like, even 
you might even they're not even constipated like dude why the fuck is your estrone so high and then you kind of get into the research and you look at wait a minute there's this whole you know deoxycholic acid thing right and it's just like wait a minute here let's and this is for guys who have been in these, these situations it's like we'll throw them on tutka right because there's a deficiency there you throw them on tutka holy crap look at that your estrone went down because there's something in that pathway that's just deficient so you is know, that is that toxins in the bile that are recirculating, and then when you put them on tudka, it kind of opens up the gallbladder and and, and I wouldn't necessarily necessarily say toxins. I'm thinking more like like in the more bile salt bile acid world of it because okay. you, you got to basically think of it like in many ways think of it like a like a packaging to get it out of the body, right? Right. And so if you're deficient in that, then basically those those hormones you're trying to get rid of, they have the ability to kind of get back into circulation, right? So yeah. it's not so much a toxin piece of it, it's just more of a think of it like a, a Uber for getting that out of your body, right? Okay. And, and there are no Ubers. Right, and right. So you're sitting there waiting, right? And you're like, all right, well, I'm waiting. I might as well go back inside, keep the party going, right? There's no thing about this is that three in the morning leaving Lil Wayne concert, right? It's like, man, that, that surcharge is 8X. All right, let's go back and get some more drinks, right? You know, yep, kind of thing, right? Yep. And so this allows you to kind of Get that process moving forward if that's a, a proper analogy for that so a lot of times man when i see that strong not budging and we've done all the traditional things again the dem and etc cetera, etc cetera, tuka man that's a like a little secret weapon right there i like secrets that. of on the biohacking secret show yeah i love it i love it um and uh do you have any just just because i was looking into this the other day and you know we just had a client get on tutka and uh and and he's gonna start coffee enemas too because his liver is pretty pretty backed up but do you have any thoughts on Tudka versus like ox bile? You know, like ox bile has been used a lot for people that have fat metabolization issues or people that have had their gallbladder removed. Like, mm -hmm. do you use both of those in different scenarios or is it just Tudka now for you? You know, I've not. I've not, honestly, um, just because we've just been so successful in those cases using Tudka. Yeah. But I say I got a pretty high success rate on that, you know, yeah. so far, you know, but I haven't at this point. In the game, I haven't come across a case where we've just kind of like isolated that down, narrowed that down, and most likely Tuka is going to help get this, you know, this metabolism going right. Now, Oxfile, you we usually use that honestly, like in my gallbladder, my cholecystectomy people's like you have gallbladder removed. I've used it too. Yeah, it's like oh, but then it's but be careful with that, right? Because here's the deal: if they, you know, if they have if they don't have diarrhea, you might give them diarrhea. You know, so just kind of be careful on some of those patients here. Like if I look at my ox file thing is like this, like if your gut, some people have had the gallbladder removal and they're good, they're set, solid, and gut health is good. I, of course, we're going to do the liver supplementation. We're going to probably do, you know, omega-3s, vitamin Ds, all the different things that we know you're not absorbing. But if their gut is healthy and they're not having, you know, you know, the nausea, the diarrhea, all the stuff, then I'm probably going to hold off on the ox file, just kind of keep it. Now you have some people where they're just like, oh man, I got diarrhea. Every time I eat, you put them on oxfile. I don't know if I said Tuka. I might have said Tuka before. I'm in oxfile. Uh, but anyway, you throw them on the oxfile, man, it, it works wonders for them, right? But I don't think it's, it's not a one size fits all. So just kind of be careful with that. If you, you know, if they are not having diarrhea that they can, you can kind of shift them the wrong way with some oxfile. So, or you, or, you know, or you cut them back, right? So a lot of times they say, oh, you want to do this three times a day? Or you say, all right, look, it's causing you some diarrhea. I just want to have you balanced. Just do one a day. You know, but 
But a lot of those cases, I'll see they say they don't have issues until they get off the reservation and try to get like some cheese in their life, right? Or some, you know, or something dairy or something fatty. Then it's like, yeah, then we want to bring the ox file in as needed, right? So mm-hmm. you got to kind of, every case is a little different. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, sometimes we do have some people where we're kind of like being more targeted with it. So bring that, bring the beautiful thing about this you on your man, cruise. Best thing, the most beautiful thing about this medicine, man, is that there is no one size fits all. Yeah, you know, one is just great. Every single person's different, and you just treat them all that way. Yeah, I, I appreciate these conversations too. Like we're having, like bouncing ideas back and forth, and being able to hear what what you guys are doing. Because, like, I mean, there's so much innovation that's still to be done. You know what I mean? Like we're really at the forefront of this, and and it is a golden age in many ways. But I I can imagine a hundred years from now what what we're doing is going to be seen as like, you know, very, very crude and rudimentary, right? Uh, those idiots in 2023 <laughs> just injecting peptides. We do it. It's cellular implant. Cavemen. Cavemen. You know, it's going to be pretty amazing to see that, man. Yep. Last, uh, last couple of questions with hormones and then we're on to peptides. But mm-hmm. um, you talked about prolactin and like, how there's there's a story there, right? Mm-hmm. So like there's there's two situations. Let's say you see a guy where, where his prolactin is like next to nothing. Mm-hmm. What does that tell you? And then conversely, you see a guy whose prolactin's like really high. What does that tell you? Yeah, um, I'll start with the high because I, I I have honestly hardly seen it on the low end. High to me is a little bit more serious, right? Because if it's excessively high, we're talking high high. We're talking. Yeah you know, 300s, 400s, it's like, oh shit, you know, uh, I need you to get that looked at, right? Because if your prolactin is excessively high, it could be a prolactinoma, right? Which is a, you know, benign tumor of the pituitary gland. And so it's basically making you release this prolactin, right? And most Mm. guys, wait, I got prolactin? Yeah, y'all got prolactin, right? But most likely we think of prolactin as a female hormone, which is stimulating the production of milk, hence the term prolactin, right? And so the issue is that, you know, if you have a excessive prolactin it is going to suppress LH or luteinizing hormone, right? And now if your LH is suppressed, now your testosterone is super duper low. Now, how do we normally find this couple ways if they just don't know? Somehow you made it to me, you're 30 something years old. You didn't know you had a prolactin. I'm like, holy shit, where you been? Who's been seeing you, right? Because A, testosterone extremely low at a young age, right? If you're get a guy and it's like, all right, I'm 22 years old and your testosterone is like 130, 140. All right, pull a string on that because something ain't right about that, right? And the other thing with the, you know excessive prolactin is that again that prolactin they start getting nipple discharge, which mm-hmm. if you're a guy you ain't supposed to be not supposed to be coming out of that. That ain't supposed to happen, right? I grew up and with so I had that he would oh, like man. take his shirt off at parties and and do like parlor tricks. Oh man, I, none damn. of us knew what it was. We were just like, <laughs> how long have you been able to do that? He's like, as long as I can remember. Oh, like when he eat that checked out, bro. Yeah, you know, and so yeah, man. And so now that changes the way you treat them, right? Because now it's like, all right, well, how do we? So that goes into the treatment thing, right? Obviously, if they've got their endocrinologist, it's like, all right, now you're on the cabergoline because you need to suppress pro- mm-hmm. prolactin, right? And then on my side of the world, the hormones and endocrinology, you know. With, more of this optimization form of endocrinology is like, okay, we need to make sure we're upregulating your luteinizing hormone. That's where HCG comes in. So a lot of these cases, you'll have a guy that they're on both HCG and testosterone, but they're not cycling off, but you're on it, right? And, but then it becomes, again, the dance, right? Because once they get on the, you know, the prolactin medication, again, it's 
you know, obviously the dopamine interaction, all that stuff. But, you know, so they're on the Kaburga lane and now that starts coming down the prolactin. You may have to adjust the HCG and the testosterone, right? Because now you, that signal's not there. Now the testosterone might rocket ship, right? And so this becomes that whole, this is why we just, you just keep a leash on them, man. Like, all right, we're going to check your labs every two to four months, you know, okay. and then all that good stuff as well. So, so for, for our listeners, like the Kaburgaline and please correct me if I'm misspeaking here. I know it's been used for Parkinson's. It, it in some ways is, is a dope, uh, dopamine agonist, correct? Mm-hmm. And, yes. and um, so that reduces the high prolactin. And, um, and in some guys too, I've heard of it being used to like decrease refractory time between like ejaculation and, you know, to basically like help guys recover sexually in the bedroom. Um, so you use that to bring the prolactin back down. You're using HCG to increase the luteinizing hormone. And you, you would use that, that can be used at the same time as hormone replacement therapy, like bioidentical testosterone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's just, it's a matter of how much, right? And this is where yeah. everyone's a little bit different, right? It's like, okay, well, do we, a lot of times we may have guys do twice a week you know, to start, but sometimes in these prolactinoma cases, you may have them, especially in the beginning, you may have them doing three times a week. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, but again, you know, it's the balance, right? Because it's like, all right, well, I want to make sure that yes, we're increasing your luteinizing hormone, but here's the thing, ACV ain't cheap. Kind of on the expensive right. side of things. So, so what's the balance between how can we increase LH so you can get some of your natural production and then also put you on a really smart testosterone program. And then it's like, you find, it's about finding that sweet spot. Right. Where I can keep your testosterone levels optimized. And from my clinic, you know, from a perspective, we like to keep the total between around 900 to 1200, keep you free in that 20 to 30 range, maybe a little bit higher for some guys, keep the estrogen in a good level, you know, and then you find that the the midpoint, right? Because again, it's, it's, it's really just finding a smart spot, man, you know, where they feel best. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, give you, give you some idea of, of where they feel like their life force and energy and mental clarity and all that stuff's where, where they want it. Um, Now for your, what's your, you know, your uh, like ratio guys to girls. I don't know. Like if you know, like your listeners. Yeah. Uh, You know, I would, I think it's about 60% male, 40% female. Okay. Yeah. So we have a lot more females than I would suspect i mean we're talking oh. a lot about guy stuff on this episode but we'll work in some stuff for, for Dude, to, women i know right we will work in some stuff for women with the, the man the cave the biohacking sure. man cave episode <laughs> yeah. uh, you know yeah. so you know dude and I, I uh for our female patients and listeners out here so the other thing is that sometimes you'll see that prolactin really high when they're hypothyroid mm-hmm. and so that's another when it's like you see that prolactin high but not like super high but you know i see you confirm hey i'm um not pregnant so we know that ain't the case right mm-hmm. and so then you run those thyroid labs and you'll see holy crap your tsh is really high mm-hmm. right and your free t3 and free t4 are really low because there's an interaction so one of the things it's like okay i'm gonna keep in mind on it's like if you're low thyroid your pituitary gland pituitary gland is going to release more thyroid stimulating hormone right but there's another level up right that's come to hypothalamus and that increase of trh or thyroid releasing hormone right mm-hmm. so and i didn't look at the mechanism on this i was just looking at it a couple of weeks ago and shit, i didn't go to Lil wayne last night but i'm still i've had a hell of a morning but anyways long story short is that you're carrying, there is an you're interplay- carrying the heavy lifting of this conversation i know it's a <laughs> I, it. I need some bpc in my back <laughs> after this podcast but no um so yeah so basically when you see that thyroid releasing hormone elevated it can actually cause an increase in prolactin right just because i think it's just i was looking at some research but i think it's just where the receptors is and like sometimes that 
those receptors can that PRH can kind of ping that prolactin, kind of releasing receptor on the on the hypothalamus, and now I got a high prolactin. But it's not it's never been it's like in the twenty to thirty range, not enough where I'm worried about it. But like that's a little on the high end, right? Mm-hmm. And so you pull the string back. This is walking it backwards. It's your thyroid. Mm-hmm. Get the thyroid optimized. Hey, look at that. Your prolactin is in this, you know, single digits again, or double digits, or appropriate for where you are in your cycle, right? So something to keep in mind and sometimes we guys too because we are not exempt from hypothyroidism right so right. just keep that in yeah. mind before we just start dumping cabrogaline uh, at people but <laughs> for sure that helps. La- yeah. last um last question as it relates to hormones let's say a guy's got his his natural testosterone levels are like high 600s high 700s low 800s um but his free testosterone is really low you know, like five or six. Ugh. And um, so of course, like you're going to look at sex hormone binding globulin and see if that's high and, and that's mm-hmm. contributing a little bit. I, I've only in those situations, like used some things like freeze dried stinging nettle to lower sex hormone binding globulin. But can you talk a little bit about your experience with those situations where like a guy's testosterone looks pretty good, his total, but his free is low. And then what could be causing that and what you do about that? Yeah, so in those cases, and sometimes actually, I see it in females too. Uh, yeah. They're on testosterone optimization or TRT, where it's like, ah, oh, look here, total, but look at your crappy free, right? And these are the yeah. cases where it's like, oh, I feel a little bit better, but you know, my libido is kind of meh, you know, my this guys, my erectile function is kind of meh, you know, like I'm not recovering well, it's because, wow, you're, you got all this money in the bank, right? You got all this great total testosterone but like you got nothing that you, you can't spend it all right because your right. free is really low and so a lot of these cases man it goes back to my foundational stuff i'm looking at your external environment and your internal environment so if i'm looking external for someone who has a high sspg i'm like all right stress like i like to call it sometimes i call SHB the stress hormone binding globulin because if you're under stress it's going high really right? stress is a big part of it so how's your sleep how's your stress where's your stress relief you know are you overtraining right it's a real thing man i know most people you know in the fitness world like i work out every day no the team no days off and i'm like all right man, yeah. good luck with that you need your body needs to recover right everything so, hurts and my dick doesn't work uh no but <laughs> no days off you know so yeah. are you proud of that fam you proud of that yeah. uh so you want to look at stress right you want to look at that because that's a big part of it right but then also this is a okay then okay are you drinking all right shit man i'm wrong with drinking how much what, what's your drinking like man how many drinks a week are we looking at here mm-hmm. you know and so like you get the ah, three to five okay sometimes that means five to eight right it just depends on the the, the week or it's going to vary right mm-hmm. and so you want to look at that you know stress is the big one man but then i start walking into the internal environment right so one of the things what are the things that can cause a elevated shpg one is going to be if you're this is kind of an indirect cause your dhea is low DHEA opposes SHPG, right? So sometimes I get these cases where my SHPG is high, man, my DHEA is super low. So you can actually lower it by using DHEA. That's kind of a cool little thing to do, right? That's all you draw. I'm giving 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 up the secret. Giving up the secrets. I've never heard that before. Giving up the secrets. (laughs) Uh, So got the secrets. Uh, So then, you know, I want to look at your estrogen too, because if your estrogen is too high, Estrogen dominance in females or excess or elevated estrogen in guys, that is also going to raise your SHBG. Then I'm looking at your thyroid hormone, right? So if you're hyperthyroid or you're on too much thyroid, SHBG going up, right? So those are the kind of the big ones right there. And I'll look at, you know, then you look at inflammation, all that stuff. But like, I, again, to summarize that, you want to look at the stress, 
DHEA, uh, liver support. So maybe, you know, also like it also because remember the SHBG is made in liver, right? So if the liver, that's why the alcohol piece comes in, right? So if your liver's all jacked up, you may have a high SHBG. We're looking at thyroid, we're looking at estrogen, and then you kind of create a comprehensive plan to lower it, right? And again, some of the other supplements you mentioned, the urtica, stinging nettles, great for that as well. Some, you know, I've read stuff about boron, like, oh, boron does it, dude. I've tried boron and do diddly or squat and diddly squat together, right? But yeah. it's out there. I just haven't seen it. Not saying it doesn't work. Personally, I just haven't seen it. And I tried different protocols where I was like, okay, we're going to do high dose boron for like five days where typical supplementation of boron is like two milligrams. Like, I would do 10 milligrams for five days or pretty high. And then drop them down. Nada. Okay, let's do two milligrams a day. Check again. Nada. All right. So I haven't seen that, but some people may have. For sure. And that's that's why I appreciate like feedback from, you know, people like you that are in the trenches doing it. And and I think there's like an explosion of people that um and, and there's there's a purpose for this as well, but people that only get their information from scientific studies and they haven't taken that information and translated it to actually working with a client and seeing if that study proves to be true in the trenches of the real world. So in early 2022, almost out of nowhere, I started experiencing massive changes in my body and mental health. My hair was thinning and falling out faster than ever before. I was experiencing mood fluctuations, I was putting on body fat, losing strength and muscle mass, I was even having a harder time remembering certain people's names and things that I knew I knew. My face looked older and I had more wrinkles and there was a noticeable decrease in my sex drive. And then one of the guests that I had on our podcast introduced me to a product called BioPro Plus that naturally boosts your IGF-1 and human growth hormone levels. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and check out episode 265 on how to increase HGH, boost libido, and experience 68% better recovery with Dustin Baker. BioPro Plus contains a combination of powerful natural ingredients for boosting HGH, human growth hormone, and IGF-1, like elk antler, tribulus, and shilajit, all in their purest and most potent forms. What's interesting is elk antlers are the only mammalian appendage capable of continuous regeneration. These antlers grow an inch or more per day and have the fastest growth rate of any organ in the animal kingdom. I started taking one glass vial every morning and holding it under my tongue for 90 seconds before swallowing. And before I'd even finished my first kit, I was getting compliments on my skin and how I looked five to 10 years younger. You can even go back and look at some of my social media videos from earlier this year, and you'll see how big of a difference there is. Since then, my energy has increased. I feel more motivated. My libido and sex drive came back. I've been losing fat. I'm stronger and recovering faster from my workouts, and my hair is coming in thicker and it even stopped falling out. If my story resonates with you, I highly recommend you try BioPro Plus for yourself. When you feel it, you'll understand what I'm talking about. And for a limited time, you can save $30 on your order by going to bioproteintech.com and entering discount code biohacks. That's B-I-O-P-R-O-T-E-I-N-T-E-C-H.com and discount code B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S. Now back to the show. Well, let's talk about unlocking brain power because this is something that can help both males and females. And there's there are so many exciting peptides and supplements and tools. So like you've got somebody and now their hormones are, you know, optimized or in a, in a, in a pretty good place, right? Mm -hmm. um, let's talk a little bit about brain power and peptides. 
All right. It's a good thing, man. So we always look at the brain function in a few ways, right? So my kind of screening criteria are, all right, how's your focus? Can you stay focused, right? Focus and concentration, but on the same time, right? Same timeline. Okay, sure. Uh, do you need brain fog, right? It's like, you know, can you pull information out when you need it? Do you feel like you're thinking through a haze, right? Then there's your memory, right? Short-term, long-term. Are you, you know, can you process new information? Can you retain new information when looking at that? So, and then also it's very subjective. Do you feel sharp? Do you literally feel sharp? Like you're on your A game. It's like you're at work, the ideas are flowing, you're being creative, all these things come into play, right? Yeah. And so how do we look at that and take it? Because one thing that's hard to test, man, there's, you can, like you said, you can do the neurotransmitter testing. Okay, that's great. But how do you know if someone's functioning well, right? How do you know if your cognition is good, right? And it's hard to tell that, you know, on an objective level, but subjectively, you kind of know. You, you kind of know, right? But if you really want to think about what can cause that, A, once you get past the hormone things, there is a, a protein called BDNF, right? A brain-derived neurotropic factor, right? Neurotropic mm -hmm. factor? That yeah. sounds right. Yeah. And so BDNF obviously goes down as we age, as we're under stress, and there's a lot of peptides that can help elevate that, right? And help increase it. So unfortunately, I've been looking for testing, man, that can test BDNF, and I was so close. There's a lab called Cyrex, man. They do a uh, an Alzheimer's links panel. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. And basically it's looking at some of these root cause factors for Alzheimer's. And I was like, oh God, they got BDNF. You guys are measuring BDNF, but it turns out it's actually a antibody antigenic complex to BDNF. So not exactly a measurement of that. There are some different, um, some factors in there and blood brain barrier leakage that can raise that up, but it's not exactly measuring BDNF. It's like, is your body trying to attack your BDNF, right? So it's kind of a, a roundabout measure right there. But anyway, so peptides that we know that can increase BDNF, you, there's some of the, you know, if we're on a biohacking show, I'm sure people have heard of C-Lank and C-Max, top two for that. They're way up there on the list on that, but more so C-Max and C-Lank on a BDNF elevation thing based on the research. There is cerebral lysin, which hard to get, but if you know where to look, you can find it legitimately, right? Um, and then there's some of the peptides that are, you know, kind of secondary action of increasing BDNF, which is going to be your CJC-1295, nepomorelin, your growth hormone peptides, right? Your testomorelin, your MK677. Um, I think I hit the big four right there. Uh, let's see. Am I seeing my same as Dihexa, a uh, little bit, a little bit with dihexa though, but I think from BDNF increasing, oh, BPC-157. Also, BPC-157, there's some studies showing increases that increases. BDNF. Yeah, man. Really? It's, it's up there, dude. It's on the list. It's on the list, man. I took I took a couple of these today. Um, Step your game up, man. Step it up. <laughs> I know. The, uh, yeah. So so peptides, like, we're, let, let's dive into the, the C-Max, C-Link, Cerebrolysin, Dehexa. Like, C-Max and C-Link, it's basically like a nasal spray, right? You, you can take them as a nasal spray or inject them. How do you prefer to do it? Do you, do you have a preference between like those methods of administration? Me personally, I inject. Uh, I've seen better results injecting really? C-Max and C-Lank, um, just way better. And um, so I don't know how far I want to dive into it, man. I'll keep it relatively high level if you want to know more I can. So basically, uh, C-Max, for those who don't know, it's kind of a uh, kind of an analog of adrenal cortotropic hormones. Basically, it's more of a cortisol. It's a, this whole adrenal cortisol thing. But essentially, what it does is in the hippocampus of so the brain, it's it's going to not just elevate, but it kind of rapidly elevates BDNF. So those who've experienced CMAX, it's like 
dude, that if that nasal spray hits you, in my case, that injection, it hits you. You're like, whoa, I am a genius for the next I feel half great hour. on C-Max. Oh, dude. Like, you're like, ah, I'm so smart. I'm so smart. Ask me something. All of a sudden, anyway. I can, like, rap along with songs I didn't even dude. know I knew all the words to. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It, again, with that whole increasing of BDNF, and it has a lot of, like, good research and studies showing the health of memory, coordination, concentration, and learning, all that good stuff, right? And yep. so, and then I think because it has this whole, it does kind of have interplay with the dopaminergic and serotonergic systems. I think it's very good for stress. We're kind of decreasing stress. So that's why it's wow. one of my favorite peptides. We're talking about nootropic. We're talking about increasing BDNF. We're talking about lowering stress. I mean, there's some, there's some stuff out there about it actually helping with brain circulation as well. So this is like your stroke and cognitive disorders, things like that, optic disorders, all that good stuff here. But I do remember reading something about helping with recovery from uh, high intensity interval training as well. Haven't really seen that actually in practice per se. It was kind of a good thing. But to answer your question, I prefer to inject it and we go high, man. We go big, we go home or go home, right? So like basically uh, we, I think some of the studies show like 10 units. I got speed, we'll do 30, like fill her up, fill her up, right? But you'll do you're not doing it daily. Oh, no, Ooh, no, no, don't do that. Right. Because this is it is one of those peptides. And I think I would put C-Max in that same category where the body can get desensitized to it relatively rapidly. Mm. And so we'll space it out. We may say, hey, do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You know, and then in some cases we have we may have them doing C-Lang two, and we'll alternate. So do your C-Max one week, C-Lang the next week, then kind of alternate because uh -huh. now you're That's kind of decreasing that avoid adaptation. Oh, man, it's great. Right. And people feel great on it because, again, I like it because, again, I love this comprehensive thing. It's like if we're going to go into, you know, it's like the, you know, athletics, you know, playing sports, man. It's like, look, man, you like your defense has to be very adaptable. I right? just can't do one thing. Right. Just can't stop the run. What about the pass? Right. And so C-Link, on the other hand, is a it's kind of they derive it from Tufton. It's like a essentially it's an immune system peptide. Right. Mm. Um, but again, it also increases BDNF, also the whole, the whole learning, memory, cognition, et cetera, et cetera. But I do think that C-Max, C-Lank, um, is more of an anxiolytic, so very yeah. good for your anxiety patients, right? Mm -hmm. So now if you got someone that's more anxious, they're they're on that hypervigilance state, so that's your anxiety, ADD, PTSD, OCD, C-Lank is a little bit more effective for that. Right. And because it's a Tufson analog, I know there's some studies. I actually did it back in the, you know, can I say the C19 days? And we were using it as part of our protocols for recovery from COVID as well. I, guess I said it. Ah, banned. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> yeah, hopefully they're, they're done flagging. Like, uh, I know, at least literally. Until the next uh, Literally. Oh, next my God. Right. Zoom, Zoom, kick this out. Zoom, <laughs> the Zoom's over. It's over for you, right? Um, yeah. And so again, you know, we we I do like that because again, you do get that BDNF factor, the the cognitive, you know, the neurotropic factor. But if I'm trying to get someone more calm, we'll do C-Link, right? Again, our results here in my clinic have been a lot better with injectable. But you got them people, man. They ain't messing with needles. They are not effing with needles, right. man. Yeah, it yeah, is what it is, sure. right? And so it's like, all right, let's do a nasal spray. Mm -hmm. And then also. The other factor is that some people, man, when that, that stress and anxiety hits you, you ain't got time to be going to the fridge and drawing out syringes and going to the bathroom, trying to hide from your colleagues and see you shooting up, right? So having a nasal spray on deck is also very good as a rescue kind of thing. So I do support that. But I think from a foundational results wise, I think the injectable has been the way we've been able to get the better results from. That's fantastic. So the the C-Link, I mean, I think this is there's a lot of applications here too for for mental health, and I don't want to take us on a tangent. 
um, cause you know, we're, we're talking about brain power and everything. And, and I think there's a lot of meat still on this bone with cerebral lysin and the hexa and some of the other things. But so if someone's dealing with anxiety, mm-hmm. you mentioned C-Link as being a peptide they may want to consider. Does anything else come to mind? Um, that's worth mentioning as an anxiolytic or, or, or would you say just if someone's, Oh man, uh, I mean, anxiety is in that category of, um, how many ways can you skin this cat? Right. Uh, it's kind of like fatigue or, you know, muscle ache, right. Inflammation, right. Like there's so many factors that go into play with that. But when it comes to anxiety, it's like, okay, one, it's like a, all right. Is this from a neurotransmitter deficiency? or excess right are you just pumping out glutamate like is nobody's business you know those receptors just stuck in a perpetual state of on right is it external maybe you have anxiety because there's so much stress you to fuck out you know what i'm saying so your anxiety is coming from a source right that you or and do you not have techniques to lower that right is it a nutrient deficiency right like oh man maybe there's something going on with those cell membranes right and you're in that phosphatidylcholine state of maybe that's going to help you out right um is it just, could it be like, oh, it could be adrenal stuff, right? Like, oh man, I'm just in this hyper adrenal state, you know? So it goes into a lot of different things that can cause that, right? So we look at the entire picture, right? So it's not just, hey, let me just throw you on some C-Link and a uh, let's boy in a couple months and I hope it works itself out, right? Yeah. So, and then there's NAD as well. So we can, you know, that's a whole other um, chapter of the world right there. But in the, the day, man, you're looking at it like, okay, like what can we do on the natural side of it? So there's obviously on the nutrient side of it, there's going to be your passiflora and your lavender and all these really cool chamomile. There's a lot of really great things in the natural world that are good for being anxiolytic. It's great, yeah. right? So having something foundational like that, dude, all that, dude, list, it's a really long list, all the things we can do for anxiety, right? And so just finding that right blend for you. And actually some of the adrenal stuff man like a good ashwagandha a good rubius or it's like raspberry leaf all of this stuff man there's a lot of cool things that we're able to do there then that's homeopathy which i will not be talking about i'm the worst homeopathic i was like the worst student and now i know it and i let it go but obviously there's some great homeopathic doctors homeopathic doctors out there that work with this stuff as well now to kind of take it along that line as well it's like that back it all comes back to the external environment dude like How's your sleep? Are you just not sleeping? Because I know the days I don't sleep, dude, I feel wired. I'm like, not from a, like, I don't have energy, but I just feel like every little thing I'm like stressing out about because I'm just in a sleep deprived mode of life. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the other thing we like to look at on the anxiety side of the world is um, kind of, we classify it in the peptide world, but it's really not a peptide, it's DHHB or dihydrohonokiol. Magnolia bark extract, yeah, essentially. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And so I first heard about it as a supplement called Relora because Relora is what they were giving patients who were stress eaters, right? Because it mm-hmm. decreased that desire to want to like snack when you're stressed out. So, oh, this is just Magnolia bark. Okay. And then I start pulling a string. It's like, holy crap, like this has been used for decades, dare I say centuries to help mm-hmm. decrease anxiety, right? So very potent anxiolytic and it, but it, it's it been compared to some of like, almost like I want to say Xanax, that's probably a strong you know, comparison, but some of the studies show that it kind of is in that same path, but it's not having those side effects. So it's not depressing, you know, and like causing, you know, issues with concentration and making you feel all fatigued. And it's not sedating you. It's literally trying to break down that excess glutamate. So DHHB. You feel like you're being stabbed in the brain with knives when you try to get off of it. This is also true. Never a good thing. We try to avoid the brain stabbing right there. So I know I kind of went into my, I'm sorry, dude, I went into a tangent right there. No, that's super, that's super helpful. And I think especially for people listening that are struggling with sleep, like these, these are tools that 
that a lot of us are using them. I know you're using them and, and uh, that can help our listeners like Magnolia Bark or Relora before going to bed, you know, sometimes 900 milligrams, you know, can help immensely. L-theanine, 300 to 600 milligrams before you go to bed. Like a lot of these things that, that, um, that work on multiple pathways. Um, let's talk a little bit about cerebralizin. That's, that's one that's been on my radar for a while. I'm really excited about it, especially for like, you know, this, this, um, newer, newer client that had a stroke and he wants to get the use of his, his left arm and left leg back. And like, he knows both of us know that this is something that may not happen, but you know, the guy has an unwavering belief. And so we're looking at tools that could help make that happen. But I'm, I'm also excited. It's been used for people with traumatic brain injuries, people with strokes, and a lot of people are using it now just as a nootropic, you know, and I'm curious, have you tried it? Um, if someone like me wanted to try it, like what dosage would I even, I've got the dosages for stroke and TBI and all that, but I don't, I don't know, like if I wanted to mess with it, where would I even start? You know, maybe you could talk yeah. to us just a little bit about cerebral license for people that aren't familiar and, yeah. uh, and then we dive in there. All right. Yeah, man, cerebral license is one of my favorite peptides in the you know, neurocognitive world. Uh, and I've used it for a lot of cool things and I'll dive into that in a second, man. But essentially it's a, it's a nootropic peptide, but it has a ton of different growth factors in there. So it's not just a BDNF thing. It's like, oh God, I'm sorry. I, don't, I ain't even gonna go there, dude, with all the different yeah. uh, factors there. But at the end of the day, it does help with repair, right? So cognitive repair, neuroprotective or neuron repair, especially in the brain, right? And so what I love about it is because those proteins and cerebral lysine are so small, they actually cross the blood-brain barrier, which is really good, right? If we're talking about the brain repair thing, this is why we look at this in the consideration for TBI and stroke and concussion, right? Mm -hmm. uh, which is really, really good. And so it's got a cool backstory because it was essentially found in pig brains, mm -hmm. you know, and most people have heard of that. And it's just like, oh, you give me a pig brain peptide, they know that it take it out of a pig's brain. They made a duplicate of it, right? But uh, and it, it kind of, think about it, I was like, man, pigs are pretty smart. But I hear, you know, so they, they are, are they're, they're like as smart as at least as smart as dogs. Yeah, um, exactly. I was some pigs earlier this year on a farm. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> wait, smart. so smart. It's like, they're like, I'm not falling for that. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, again, we think about the factors of it, that whole like, you know, brain protects the brain, helps cell grow. Right. And so, so new brain cells is great. Amazing for that decreases inflammation in the brain. We use it for a lot of those things. There's circulation. This is why, again, it goes back to the stroke recovery. Uh, cardiovascular accident recovery because it does have that uh, benefit as well uh, and then there's like um it looks at you know I, again i haven't seen a lot of these patients here there are studies when you look at some of the european stuff and using cerebralizin for alzheimer's dementia as well i just have not seen a lot of those cases but it is kind of if you look into the research it's there as well so you know we you like a lot of seeing it you clinically, I just, yeah, no, clinically, yeah, no, I just, just no, I just haven't had a lot of Alzheimer's dementia patients. I don't right, right. really, okay, honestly, gotcha. I don't get a lot of geriatric patients, just, just the nature, man, you know, you, yeah. not that I won't see them. It's just not what we have coming across our, our office. Right. Right. Yeah. And so if you look at some of the European stuff, man, I actually literally just pulled it up because if you go like, they have a website, it's literally cerebrolysin.com. Right. Mm. And so they talk about the, uh, dosing of it and in, in some of these cases actually it's two sides i love it because they're like 
you can get into the uh, prescriber side of it because uh, they have a doctor side and a patient side of it. You go to the prescriber side, it's like, are you a doctor? And you just say yes. And they give you, yes, I'm a healthcare professional. They don't ask for any credentials. You can access this, right? And I'm just saying it's out there, right? And they talk about in some of these higher uh, intensity cases, like your stroke TBI, they, they're they talking 20 to 50 mLs a day, like for a week and a half or three weeks. And some of the TBI stuff, we're talking like 30 days of treatment, right? Yeah. Now that would be lot. insanely expensive, right? Oh, yeah, quite expensive, right? But yeah. again, if you're if you're you know fresh Life off of it, on it, oh, dude, you'll do it. You'll yeah. do it, right? And so do that bank account. Oh man, you'll do it. But it's hundred percent. I think it would be. I think it would work. Honestly, though, like I said, I haven't had many cases with it, but I do think based on the research and what we've seen in our clinic, we use it a lot in our nootropic cases. Mm -hmm. You know, so our case, our cases where people are trying to improve cognitive function. Uh, trying to optimize brain function, we do it more sub Q at smaller doses, and it just depends on the person what they're trying to accomplish. We've done 50 units. I've done a full one ml sub Q with that. We've had people do it twice a week, three times a week. I mean, every case is going to be variable on what the person is trying to accomplish, and also how they respond to it as well. Mm -hmm. But I also like cerebralizing. Man, we've actually any type of nerve condition, dude. I've had sciatic cases where i'm like oh man i'm having sciatic pain boom i'll take three to five mls inject boom right in the glute you know right where i think that path of the sciatic nerve is and literally seeing them come back like oh my god it was so much better like i've oh, injected oh dude amazing right because again really? restoring nerve function healing nerves right and so we've had cases where people had neuropathy like and I've actually went down to, okay, where's that neuropathy stopping? Oh, it's stopping my foot. Boom, cerebralized in the foot. This one it was my, one of my favorite cases, man. This lady, this she, yeah, she was having really bad neuropathy in the feet, you know, post-diabetic stuff, you know, like, okay, let's try this, right? And we injected cerebralized in her foot. She was here visiting with her daughters. Her kids brought her in. I was seeing them like, hey, can you help my mom? Like, yeah, you know, let's try this cerebralized thing. It's relatively inexpensive, what I want to do. I just took 50 units and we just kind of, you know, injected, peppered around where she was having neuropathy in the foot. She came back three days later, dude, in tears. She's like, I walked around the mall with my daughters for three hours. Oh, my God. Like, in tears. Like, oh, my God. That's amazing, right? Yeah. And so seeing that, I had another case of Morton's neuroma. For those who don't know, that's basically like a, a benign kind of nerve tumor in between. Usually it's between the second and third toe or third or fourth toe. And we've injected right into the neuroma. And, watched, and the guy's toes are like spread. And then you watch them coming back as an aroma shrinks Whoa. pretty dope to see that man pretty dope Very we would inject it in office and give him some injections to take home and he would do it a couple times a week so i wholeheartedly believe in this peptide man when it comes to nerve regeneration nerve recovery it's one of my faves man it's just so hard to get dude because they you know are we kind of banned it uh, a few couple of years ago and so there are a few sources where they kind of still had a huge stock left and we didn't been able to get it. And I'm just afraid that we won't be able to get it uh, in the next few months. But for now, man, we're riding until the wheels fall off, man, because it's been helping so, you, so many you people. Think, you think they're they're kind of putting the squeeze on this where it's not going to be around in a few years? Oh, the squeeze is already on. Yeah. You know, it's just a matter of can, will the squeeze come off? love doing that with shit that works, huh? Dude, think about Thymocin Alpha 1, man. They <laughs> yep. broke some hearts, man. You know, you got these things that are really effective. And it's crazy because literally it's authorized in like every other country, like yeah, all over Europe. You can just go buy the shit up, you know, and here it's like, nah, can't have it. Yeah, How dare yeah. you? you know? Yeah, and for sure. That's but, a whole other story right there. Have you tried it yourself? Oh, yeah. 
course. What, what was your experience like and how would you sort of compare and contrast it? And, and I know I want to be respectful of your time too. We had a, yeah, a late start because of the technical oh, stuff. Man. But this oh, is, good, I mean, man. I'm having a blast talking about this stuff and hopefully our listeners are enjoying it as well. Yeah, yeah um, man. I appreciate What was your that. experience like with, with Cerebral Eisen? Oh, it's still going, dude. I ain't, I'm not stopping till we can't get it anymore because obviously, like me personally, I'm on a my protocol oh, secrets. Damn you and your secrets! I'm giving up the goods. It's like an interrogation. It's like a biohacking interrogation. It's like, worry, a, bright, like, it's, like a, it's like a bright light on me here. It's like you guys don't <laughs> see it, but there's like a. <laughs> well, the good news is like 98 percent of the people listening won't be able to get this themselves without your help or someone's uh, so, help. Nah, it's all dude. It's so man, dude. I don't. I don't think about it like that, but yeah, man. So like the, like me personally, what I've been doing um, for last and I take some breaks. I love taking breaks on peptides, dude. I just like letting those receptors kind of chill and reset. I also want to see like, okay, this is working great. How do I feel when I come off of it? Right. Is there something I need to keep going on? Does my body, you know, cause again, a lot of times with, with peptides, we think about, I don't want anyone to be like dependent on it in many cases, right? Some you are right. Like, Hey man, look, you're 50 years old. It's only so much growth hormone you're going to put out on your own. This might be something right. you keep as long as you can. But in many cases, we're trying to bring balance back to the cell, make the cells more efficient, right? Mm. So what we'll do, what I've been what I've been doing is like I'll do C-Max one week. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, C-Max, and I'll do my cerebral license, sub-Q injection on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I'm doing it twice a week. And then the next week, I'll go to C-Lank. Or obviously I'll alternate my C link and then I'll still do that cerebral license twice a week. And so what I have noticed in this, I've been doing this protocol probably a good six months now, mm-hmm. eh, longer than that, probably a year. And I'll kind of take a break every six months, but I'll notice that my cognitive function is just great too. Like I, I still keep a few to do notes here, but it's like, I'm just not forgetting shit. I'm just yeah. not. It's like, oh yeah, I need to do that. It's some of mine. I'm going to do it. I'm going right. to do it. Like where before I would just be forgetting a lot of things. So I feel like my use of to-do lists. Is... to-do lists everywhere anymore? Yeah, it's like a couple just, <laughs> there must... it's not so much that I'm going to forget is so that I know, hey, this is important. Don't put this on the back of the list, right? Right. So I will say that. And I think just learning like, because obviously getting into this, you know, the cellular medicine world and longevity medicine, like some of these terms are like, Quite unfamiliar, dude. Like, man, I hope you have me back, dude, because there's so much more I want to talk to you about. Dude. Like, I, I'd I, love to. I'd love to. I'm enjoying this conversation. Yeah, dude. Like, there's this, you know, one of the things that we're doing, we're building this longevity program. And one of the things I have to kind of break down to people is these hallmarks of aging, right? And they're not traditional words. You're like, oh, genomic instability and epigenetic alterations and loss of proteostasis. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about, Dr. Jones? Right. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to take that concept, and I need to distill this down into a sentence or an analogy so that my patients can understand it mm-hmm. i think that has become a lot more efficient i'm doing these things a lot faster so i think uh, retention learning new information and just overall focus and concentration have been so much better and mood wise man i honestly be real with you man like when i was in the navy i was kind of more of a hothead dude i kind of felt like i was a lot more just like it could just be the stress of being in the military but now it's like dude it takes a lot to get me there it takes a lot you got to yeah. go out your way to piss me off it's just like i'm just calmer it's like yeah I could see that. I also noticed too, like I was in a fraternity in college and like we got our asses hazed hard. Mm -hmm. And I found when that was going on and even for like a year afterwards, I was really aggressive and I would like snap quick on other people. I think like, and I don't know if you, if you dealt with any of that in the Navy, but like when people are messing with you, it's like, it's like the start of a trauma cycle, (laughs) but you know, it it affects the other people in your life. And I had to be like, Whoa, I never used to be aggressive. Like, I think I'm just kind of whatever. Um, 
All right. So that's, that's really dope. I like that. And uh, would, are there any peptides that you think, I guess I want to differentiate. What peptides do you feel have true healing or regenerative properties where they do things in the body that bring the body back into balance and where benefits persist in the absence of that peptide? I would say, oh, that's such a good question, dude. Oh, hitting the hard hitting the the journalism here, there. Uh, I've but, just been thinking about that a lot. Dude, no. There are many that I feel when I'm taking the shit, but then mm-hmm. when I stop, it stops. And I'm like, yeah. man, if, if you're thinking about where to invest your time and energy and money, you want the stuff that where there's actually you know, healing and, and benefits that persist, right? Yeah. My top four, if I had to put a list, um, when it comes to that, BPC-157, right? That's a Wolverine peptide, man. That shit, it heals whatever it comes in contact with. Um, Thymocin beta-4, certain cases, certain periods of time. Like, but I, is that the same as TB-500? Uh, TB-500 is a fragment of TB-4. Thymocin beta-4. Thymocin beta-4, right? So, well, see, that's loaded, right? Because... It's the fragment that is dealing with a lot of those healing properties, right? But when you take the entire thymus beta-4, you're getting a lot of the immune system balance and the immune system modulation properties that I don't think you get with TB500, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but again, from a healing perspective, I think TB500 does have some benefit for a lot of people. I know uh, thymus beta-4 has been hard to get for certain people as well. So if you get at, can't get it, TB500 is going to be a good alternative. Um Next on my list would be pentasan polysulfate. Technically not a peptide, more of a polysaccharide, but I got no place else to put it. I'm going to call it a peptide for the sake of this conversation. Really? I've heard yeah, that's yeah. great for pain. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that. I got I to gotta put y'all on some uh, some biohacking game on pentasan. If I had to talk about any of these peptides for any time, it's going to yeah. be pentasan. We'll, that's we'll kinda, have you back for sure. This is great. Yep. And then last but not least, uh, the... I say top four, but I'm going to put my fours. I'm going to put GHK copper in there. I'm going to put KPV in there. Um, I probably would put uh, ARA 290 in there a little bit too, but it depends on the case, right? So I'm going GHK copper if it's an inflammatory pain. I'm looking at KPV also if there is an acute inflammatory thing going on. And I'm looking at the ARA 290 if it's a nerve thing, right? Because it's ARA 290 and IRR and these pain receptors and actually, you know, small fiber neuropathy, we can go on and on and on, right? But I think from a big picture perspective, the TB4, uh, the thymus beta-4, BPC-157, and the uh, pentasan are going to be in my top three. And then you can you can, you can can buttress it or you can kind of make that, you know, you can accelerate it if you want to throw some growth hormone peptides in there because growth hormone is a healing hormone, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing about BPC-157, I'm going to just kind of flow with this for a couple minutes. Probably I'll pass the mic back over, right? I feel like yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying like it, man. I'm just trying yeah. to be respectful of your time. Uh, that's okay. I, it's okay. I, I, yeah, you, you can know, keep so, rocking. I, got, I, I mean, we, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying this. We can keep going as long yeah, as you're willing. It's all good. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it's funny. I got on here. Sometimes I'm not like, it's funny, man. I've been, as long as I've been doing it, sometimes I'll get on a podcast and like, oh, God. Here it is. I will be found not to be a fraud today. They will realize I don't know anything and I'm going <laughs> to shut the practice down. Right. Then I start talking like, ah, I know my shit, dude. I got this. <laughs> yeah, but I got this. Yeah, yeah, I got this. But anyway, so uh, yeah, BPC 157, obviously healing peptide, stimulates type 1 collagen, being this whole fax packling pathway, if you want to go there with it. But long story short, it's a healing peptide, right? And so mm-hmm. it stimulates the body's ability to heal, also decreases inflammation and pain. So 
it's very versatile too, as in we can do sub Q, you can do it at the site of an injury. Yep. Uh, if you have a practitioner who's smart about it and knows injections well, you can actually inject it intra-articular. There are some studies on that. Mm-hmm. It's one of those peptides that it does its job when it heals, it heals. So it's not, you know, I, we we like to call it drinking water around here, man. You can, you can take BP, BP, sorry, BPC 157 around the clock, 365, 24 yeah. seven. And you're not going to desensitize to it. You're not going to downregulate to it. Just a matter of like using it appropriately, right? Mm-hmm. Do it in oral form. But from a healing perspective, we really like BPC 157 because of that versatility. Some people it can help a little bit with pain. And mm-hmm. then there's oh, other yeah. times where like, it doesn't seem as effective for pain. And maybe that's like where it gets into gut origin and the mm-hmm. KPV. And we'll talk about that too. But yeah, and it just might be maybe the injury, the pain isn't coming where you think it is. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um thymus and beta four, I tend to like it, it has a lot of the same healing properties as as BPC, as in kind of like stimulating the body's healing uh, properties. I do like TV4 and a lot of muscle injury and a lot of nerve injury cases as well. It's really good for nerves. You can actually do thymus beta 4 in a perineural way and actually inject those cutaneous nerves and actually get them to calm down, which I really like. Mm. Um, really cool for that. But I don't think thymus beta 4 is not a drinking water peptide. You need to come off of that, right? Because it basically kind of like thymus and alpha 1 in many ways, more so a TV4 is you don't want it starting to affect your production of the thymusins that you're still producing. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little cautious of staying on that long-term. Um, Pentasan polysulfate, super dope, man. It is the joint pain peptide de jour, dude, because it has four main properties. I'll just keep it super quick. It decreases pain, or those yeah. cytokines that cause pain. It increases blood flow to joints. It breaks down or, or decreases the enzymes that break down cartilage and decreases inflammation to the joint. So you got... Keeping the joint intact, decreasing pain. I'm sorry, decreasing pain, increasing circulation, decreasing inflammation. That's tr- that's quadruple whammy, man. For joint pain yeah. right there. Yeah. So especially people dealing with arthritis. And here's the deal: the only thing about arthritis, we've always been taught, hey, it's this wear and tear thing, right? Oh my God, if you, you know, you play sports, you wear and tear, you get arthritis. When that's the case, everybody on this planet is going to get arthritis because we all are wearing and tearing our joints. Because we yeah, walk. It's, it's, a, it's a terrible reason. Oh, it's like God. everyone has it. You know? Yeah, no, you don't. And, and then here's the deal. But think about this. How do we treat arthritis, right? What are they giving you? They're giving you a cortisol, corticosteroid injection, right? Anti-inflammatory. They're giving you ibuprofen, anti-inflammatory. They're giving you Mobic or some shit like that, anti-inflammatory. You come see a naturopathic doctor. I'm putting you on turmeric. I'm putting you on fish oil. I'm putting you on ginger. I'm putting you on boswellia and curcumin and, and um, quercetin anti-inflammatory all up in that what do you tell you stop doing stop eating white shit stop eating dairy and sugar and processed food because it's all and so if we know every single treatment we deal with arthritis anti-inflammatory why are we not treating inflammation as root cause and ergo the immune system but anyway dude you got me on a soapbox i'm done done no i and, love uh, it because <laughs> I've, I've been considering pentasan and i yeah. like i wanted to try it for a long period of time and I find my body feels a lot better on BPC-157 and some of these other healing peptides, but mm-hmm. I've, I've just been like, I've, I've been getting nudged in the direction of Pentasan and yeah. loving everything that I'm seeing about well, it. You know, but injectable. Uh, injectable. Make sure, yeah, stay, yeah. Stay, with, stay from the oral. There are some studies that show that potential for retinal toxicity. Um, I prefer you not go blind when you're healing your joints. I prefer uh, so to keep my eyesight. Yeah, they're important. They're important. I've uh, also and- got like, I've noticed that with the five alpha reductase inhibitors, like the curcumin and, and I think, I believe astaxanthin, there's a number of them where if I take those, it kills my libido and 
hmm. and function. And like I did a Dutch test and looked at it and and it basically checks out where um yeah, long story short, like yes, I feel less pain if I take curcumin, but I also feel like you know what yeah. I mean? Not less yeah. of, like less manly, less masculine. So I'm, uh, I'm like, I don't want that. It's not it's not a, a, a trade I'm willing to make. So uh, man, like, you don't want that. could be an option. Uh, and something to think about, right? And then what I do like about it is that we have some cases where we start them off injecting twice a week. And they're at a point now where, hey, let's go down to once a week. And they're still maintaining the function of the joint. So that's really cool to see. That's a true healing thing where you can take less of things, right? Um, those are my top ones, man. And I love yeah, it. So the the love GHKCU, the copper peptide. Are you doing that injections? I know a lot of people will use it as like a face cream. They'll use mm -hmm. it for hair uh, to yep. regrow hair. Like, how are you applying that? It is another like BPC is one of those very versatile peptides that you can do GHK copper as a drop foam gel cream so a lot of the hair properties because it does you know whole thing about you know as you get older you get less copper on jsk copper remember jsk copper is not it's stimulating the production of production of copper ions right so it's not like take this peptide and yeah you're good right it's stimulating the body to do something like almost all peptides right like mm -hmm. you got to know that 5.05 mls of cjc 1295 morel and ain't releasing all it's, it's, a, it's a squirt aim a squirt Right. It's but it's telling the body to produce something just like that's what peptides do. They're signaling molecules. Right. So if you're JSK copper and produce your product, increase your production of copper ions. So if you're trying to do hair, uh, so we do drops and foam. Great for that skin, you know, like wrinkles, all that good stuff, man. Uh, again, it's all about that type one collagen. You can do your topical and your gels and creams, all that. But from a inflammation, anti-inflammatory standpoint, injection. Sub Q. Yeah. Yeah. Q, man, it's going to be a way to do it. One little here's like the biohacking secrets. Uh, just be careful with a lot of patients, right? Because it is going to stimulate that production of copper. Copper and zinc oppose each other, mm -hmm. right? You don't want to end up getting a copper toxicity kind of thing. So make sure you might want to, depending on the case, want to make sure they're having good levels of zinc when they do it and then not keeping them on forever so they can end up getting a shitload of copper in the system. And that's a whole other problem right there. For sure, for sure. Yeah. No, this is yeah. great. And so I noticed you didn't have cerebral lysine in that in that list huh? oh i didn't oh man i should have right uh nerve most more so for ne uh, neuropathy yeah i mean do you feel like cerebral lysin has re re regenerative properties and healing properties that last in its absence or you got to keep taking it to keep getting them um i will be my sciatic cases we were able to taper down a little bit okay uh some of my some of my neuropathy cases i actually had to kind of keep them on it to keep the uh the neuro that peripheral neuropathy at bay and being really honest, I had a couple cases where it's we had to we ended up um oh I had it backwards. It was we started never mind. It was ARA 290, we started them on, then we switched them over to cerebral license. Now the cerebral license is still keeping the neuropathy at bay. Okay. So I'm sorry, I had my ARA and cerebral license kind of mixed up there. So cerebral license in a lot of my neuropathy cases, uh, we do have to keep them on it. But I had to this point, I have not seen a reduction in efficacy. It's still working really well um at this point. So yeah, good catch, man. I was having slipping on my cerebral license, my nerve pain there. Dr. Greg Jones, this has been dope, man. I've enjoyed yeah. this conversation. I think even yeah. even our, our our listeners who maybe weren't familiar with a lot of the 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 peptides and different things that we were throwing around, like will find this really valuable and helpful. And it might even, you know, spark some Google searching and and dive, them diving down certain rabbit holes and realizing that these are some incredible tools for healing and regeneration and um 
Yeah, absolutely love the work that you're doing. Maybe oh, thanks, for, our, for our listeners that want to like, I think we'll we'll definitely do a part two, um, yeah. maybe even a part three at some point. But for our listeners that want to like stay up to date, learn more about the work that you're doing and maybe uh, reach out to you. What What's the best way for them to do that? Maybe you could kind of give us give us the rundown oh. on all yeah, that good for, stuff. For sure, man. So our clinic is Innovative Wellness Center. We are located in Phoenix, Arizona. Our website is innovativewellness.com. It's spelled very differently. Uh, E-N-O-V-A-T-I-V-E wellness. So innovative. So E-N-O. Uh, I can tell you why that is. Well, mainly because innovative was taken, but then I was like, oh, let's do something. Let's, <laughs> let's, 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 let's make it fancy. So N-E-N, Latin prefix for inside whatever the shit was taken i had i had i had to improvise (laughs) it 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 is what it is right and so we stuck with it right um the clinic if you guys want to reach out to us via email it's info at innovativewellness.com and yeah man i'm on instagram my my doctor page is under uh dr jones underscore dr jones all spelled out so the clinic page is going to be more of the high level clinic stuff the, the Dr. Jones page where I get the nerd out. I get to talk about like different peptides and different, you know, I'm drawing on my whiteboard all the time, doing podcasts and all that stuff, man. So that's where you get to see me unleash the inner biohacker and all that stuff. So awesome. And that, and you've got the Dr. Jones podcast.com. Oh yeah, that's right. I got a podcast, got a podcast, the Dr. Jones optimization Academy, man. Don't, don't yep. sleep on that. I just did a, episode last week, man. So I, it's funny. I, I, I've been doing like, I usually have a guest and I was like, let me just talk. And I was, uh, it's so many people doing semaglutide and terzepatide. I want to go through like just side effects and contraindications. Like, yeah, it's all good. We can come back to it. But I was like, Next yeah, time we'll talk about it. safe, you know, and it's just like, how to be safe with it. Right. Because yeah. these things, they ain't candy, dude. Like you can fuck yourself up with these peptides, man. If you, you don't know what you're doing, if you're too aggressive with it, or don't recognize some of the things to look out for and so i just did a quick little pocket anyway so plug in my next episode right there nice. uh, but yeah but yeah man so the podcast is out there i, I love talking to, to you know to me it's just people i love talking to or I, I learn from and it's been a great experience man awesome well this has been this has been a phenomenal conversation i've really enjoyed it dr greg jones uh innovate innovative wellness e-n-o-v-a-t-i-v-e wellness.com the dr jones podcast.com and uh yeah Thanks for coming on, my man. This has been great. Yeah, man. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Until next time. So in early 2022, almost out of nowhere, I started experiencing massive changes in my body and mental health. My hair was thinning and falling out faster than ever before. I was experiencing mood fluctuations. I was putting on body fat, losing strength and muscle mass. I was even having a harder time remembering certain people's names and things that I knew I knew. My face looked older and I had more wrinkles and there was a noticeable decrease in my sex drive. And then one of the guests that I had on our podcast introduced me to a product called BioPro Plus that naturally boosts your IGF-1 and human growth hormone levels. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and check out episode 265 on how to increase HGH, boost libido, and experience 68% better recovery with Dustin Baker. BioPro Plus contains a combination of 
powerful natural ingredients for boosting HGH, human growth hormone, and IGF-1, like elk antler, tribulus, and shilajit, all in their purest and most potent forms. What's interesting is elk antlers are the only mammalian appendage capable of continuous regeneration. These antlers grow an inch or more per day and have the fastest growth rate of any organ in the animal kingdom. I started taking one glass vial every morning and holding it under my tongue for 90 seconds before swallowing. And before I'd even finished my first kit, I was getting compliments on my skin and how I looked five to 10 years younger. You can even go back and look at some of my social media videos from earlier this year and you'll see how big of a difference there is. Since then, my energy has increased. I feel more motivated. My libido and sex drive came back. I've been losing fat. I'm stronger and recovering faster from my workouts and my hair is coming in thicker and even stopped falling out. If my story resonates with you, I highly recommend you try BioPro Plus for yourself. When you feel it, you'll understand what I'm talking about. And for a limited time, you can save $30 on your order by going to bioproteintech.com and entering discount code biohacks. That's B-I-O-P-R-O-T-E-I-N-T-E-C-H.com and discount code B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S. 